to your journey on Wellness Way. My name is Kim Lewix. I'm a registered yoga instructor through Yoga Alliance and a certified Ayurvedic wellness counselor. On this podcast, we will discuss ways for enhancing our health through nutrition, fitness, aromatherapy, bodywork, daily routines, and the general connection of mind, body, and spirit. My goal is to share my past and current explorations in the systems of yoga and Ayurveda, which is the ancient traditional science of life, to create more joy, more vibrancy, sustainability, and longevity for ourselves and for our community. Please join me on Wellness Way. Today we turn to the practical side of Ayurveda, the point at which we apply the concepts and the principles I've been presenting to our lifestyle and daily routines. Our health journey continues with learning how we can live a life that is not only long, but one that is optimal and full of vitality. So L is for lifestyle and our letter of the week as we progress on our Ayurvedic journey. Maintaining our health is a task that needs constant rebalancing. And more importantly, it's work that varies from person to person. So please keep in mind that the practices that I'm about to share with you today are general ones. And in order to get the best recommendations for balancing your specific body, mind, and spirit. It's important that you have individualized guidance because Ayurveda is not one-size-fits-all. So if you're interested in seeking individual counsel, I'd be happy to work with you one-on-one. That way we can determine your particular tendencies and the practices that would best suit you. Please reach out to me with the email I've included in the show notes if you'd like to get started setting up your personal guidance plan. Welcome back to the podcast. In episode number nine, I spoke of the three pillars. And I want to talk about these again briefly before we go into the topic of our day. The three pillars are the ahara, or things we take in, like food, water, breath, sense, perceptions. And nidra is the second pillar, or sleep. And the third pillar is brahmacharya, or how we control or use our senses. These three pillars of life are determined by our lifestyle routines. Because in order to maintain strong pillars, we must be right, regular, and flow with nature on a daily basis. Therefore, our day, night, and seasonal routines should be correct for our system. They should be established and they should be agreeing with the nature. Right rhythms keep us in harmony with the energy of the universe. Everything we do has a particular energy. There is the windy, moving energy of Vada, the heated, transforming energy of Pitta, and the stable, nourishing energy of kapha. The key is to achieve a balance of all three energies 
in order to maintain our strength, stamina, and harmony. And one of my Ayurveda teachers provided a wonderful analogy of how necessary it is for us to have these three energies in sync. It's similar to a good company that works efficiently. All persons need to defer or concur to work in tandem for a company to function. For example, a planner needs to heed the advice of the accountant and the architect and the lawyer in order to create a viable project. And just like that, all three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha, need to work in tandem for our bodies to function. For instance, our nervous system needs the movement or vata energy to channel nerve impulses. It also needs pitta energy to transform the synapsis of the impulses. And our nervous system needs the storage energy of kapha to maintain the nerves in their medium. So because everything we are and everything we do has a particular dosha quality, the way we eat, sleep, work, and enjoy ourselves also have all those qualities of vata, pitta, and kapha. Last time in episode number 11, I spoke of the concept of kala or time and how the energies of vata, pitta, and kapha all have their particular cycles of day, their cycles of season, and they have certain and specific phases of life. But today, we'll explore some specific routines that define these cycles with details for best cleansing, exercise, eating, working, and sleeping habits. In Ayurveda, a daily lifestyle routine is known as Dinacharya. Before we go into the details, I'd like to share some special considerations for each dosha. For the vada predominant individual who tends toward the windy, airy, and more moving quality, it's imperative that vadas stick to a routine. So this recommendation for establishing a daily routine is especially beneficial for the vada energy because it likes to change all the time. And balancing the ever-changing vata movement is key for this dosha. For the pitta predominant energy, it's important to find habits and routines that can cool this person. These routines will be naturally easy for pitta types to follow because they like to implement plans and organize themselves. However, the intensity at which they do this needs to be turned down a notch. Some activities will need to be introduced to allow for cooling off and letting go, like connecting with the water element or, in particular, watching a moon rise. For kapha-predominant individuals, it's important to introduce variation. So unlike the vata energy, kapha hates change, and they'll latch on to a specific routine for, well, forever, if they could. So it's best to keep a few variations going in their daily routines. For instance, in exercising, they can try to mix it up by walking one day 
and playing tennis or golf the next day. Let's begin with the general schedule for waking, cleansing, exercising, eating, and sleeping. In episode number 11, I spoke in detail about the prime time for rising in the, mor- in the morning. So if you'd like details on that aspect, please take a listen to episode number 11. Let's suffice it to say that ideally we should wake before the sunrise to get the most benefit from the quietest period of the day. This is beneficial to all the doshas because the sattva or peaceful energy is highest an hour or so prior to the sunrise. Prior to the end of the vata time, which is before 6 a.m. or around 6 a.m., one should have a bowel movement. Now, I know that this is not a routine for many of you, but once you achieve a set routine of eating, waking, and sleeping, this habit will become more regular too. A good tip for stimulating the urge is to drink one to two glasses of warm water when you wake up. Then brush your teeth. This is essential after a night of toxin buildup, and it's important for your gut health because this is where the first step of digestion occurs. And tongue scraping should immediately follow to remove the remaining particles that brushing deposits on the tongue. But this practice also can improve your gum health, your saliva production, and ultimately your appetite and your immunity, since saliva production is important to your immune system. Tongue scraping also removes ama, or that toxic buildup of undigested food, and it gets rid of foul breath. And Ayurveda considers gargling another important part of your morning cleansing routine. And here, I will advise you to begin with oil pulling. And this involves using a combination of oils to swish in the mouth. You can use a formula, if you can find a reputable source, with um, a mix of Ayurvedic herbs and oils and then you can swish after your tongue cleaning and tooth brushing you swish it in your mouth and using about a tablespoon of the mixture or you can add a little bit of water as I do so slowly swish it around and kind of chew right the oil for a few minutes and when you're done don't swallow it but spit it into a container but not into your sink because the oil can be very clogging and then you want to rinse your mouth with lukewarm uh, salt water if you have that following that oil pulling procedure and after that I would suggest a simple face cleaning with warm water for vada and kapha predominant individuals and a little cooler, more like room temperature water for those that are pitta predominant. And face cleansing removes any sweat or accumulation. It improves your circulation and it can prevent acne or skin infections as well. And at the same time, you can rinse and cleanse the eyes with room temperature water, never hot on the eyes. And if you shave, you can also do this 
at this time as well. So at this point, I'll interject the practice of exercise. If you're meditating, this is a good time for inserting your meditation practice. You could shower or bathe prior to your meditation if you're not taking a morning exercise. And meditation can include any spiritual practice like reading inspiring books, visualization, pranayama, or chanting. Whatever you like to do to calm your mind and reduce your anxiety. The length of time isn't as important as keeping it a daily habit. You can also try eye exercises at this point because these will help to generate mind health and they'll strengthen and improve your vision. This is a routine that's very beneficial for Pitta predominant persons. And then at this point, following the meditation and the eye exercises, you can move into your physical exercise routine. Remember, it's most ideal to do your exercise in the morning if it's possible because the kapha time frame would benefit from this physical stimulation the most. And I'm sure that you've all heard of the many benefits of exercise. Specifically, Ayurveda endorses its benefit for improving digestion and removing blockages. In addition, Ayurveda proposes exercise that is moderate in intensity. And by moderation, I mean that you should feel slightly tired using only up to like a half of your ability because Ayurveda suggests that you should feel energetic after you exercise, not fatigued. So what are the signs of moderation for exercise? They're having the ability to speak, although not very comfortably. You could get a drier mouth. You can also begin to sweat on the forehead and under the arms. But you should never feel excessively hot or dizzy. The one thing Ayurveda considers as the best form of exercise is outdoor walking because it increases longevity, it improves digestion, and it also sharpens the sense organs because you're being exposed to nature. Another pretty specific routine that Ayurveda proposes is the application of oil. In Sanskrit, this practice is called Abhyanga. It's the massaging of oil directly to the skin in the direction of the hair growth. And whether you do this before or after exercise depends on your dosha, and it depends on the type of exercise you're going to be doing. For example, I have vata dominance, predominance. So I will apply the oils before exercising to enhance the benefits because I find that the oils improve my muscle warmth, create more muscle warmth, and lubricate my joints. I find it also gives me time for the oils to have soaked into the skin before I shower or bathe if I do it before I exercise. But I don't put the oil on on the days that I practice asana, which are the yoga poses, because it would make my mat a mess and the traction for standing poses would be non-existent basically. Now, the type of oil that you would use for abhyanga or oil massage would also depend on your dosha predominance. 
Sesame is suggested for Vada or for the winter time because it's heavier and it has more um, moisturizing ability. Coconut is recommended for Pitta types or summertime because it's a little more cooling. And then for Kapha, mustard oil would be the best because it has more stimulating quality. Personally, I use jojoba oil because I like that it's more absorbing, but it has a neutral smell. And basically, you can use any unrefined oil, such as almond, avocado, sunflower, whatever resonates with you. The use of abhyanga in general is the most pacifying for the vata dosha, as you can imagine, because it relieves dryness, it stimulates circulation, and prevents wrinkles. But abhyanga is also calming for the mind, especially when it's done on the head and the feet. It can get a bit messy to do this application on the full body, but it does provide the most benefit. For me, in the mornings that I walk or run, I usually apply the oil to my upper body. And then in the evening before bed, I apply the oils to my legs and feet. And it only needs, the oil only needs to have about 10 to 15 minutes to absorb. So you can follow it up with a shower or a bath if you like. And this oil massaging routine is also a good time for introducing essential oils. They can be applied along with the carrier or primary oil, whatever oil you're using, to enhance more specific qualities. For example, before I exercise, I might use either sandalwood or some type of a floral blend to bring more positivity into my mood. And at nighttime, I tend to massage my feet with the oil along with either lavender or vetiver. And if you don't know about vetiver, vetiver is a sturdy grass plant oil, which has a very earthy scent and almost always brings me to real peaceful pre-sleep mode. Some primary essential oils for vada include basil, orange, lemon, geranium, clove, rose, and chamomile because these can calm, promote sleep, and help stabilize metabolism. For pitta, essential oils should be cooling and more sweet in their aroma, like sandalwood, mint, and jasmine. And these can reduce irritability and help improve digestion as well. For kapha, the essential oils should be stimulating. So spicy oils like ginger, clove, lemongrass, juniper, and eucalyptus. These are all warming and they stimulate metabolism and can help to reduce blockages as well. So as for bathing and showering... The only specific recommendation Ayurveda has for time of bathing is to avoid doing it right after a meal. Because when the body is exposed to water, it's focused on maintaining its peripheral or outside temperature and tends to neglect 
the power of digestion, right? The blood doesn't go to where it needs to go for digestion. So it's recommended to wait two hours or so after a meal before showering or bathing. If it's done prior to eating, then bathing and showering is a big boon for the system because it kindles the agni or digestive fire. And um, so it's good maybe to do that before a meal. And one side note, according to Ayurveda, you should never take a hot shower and you should especially avoid any hot water above the neck because hot water can cause dizziness and may loosen hair follicles. So let's recap the routine so far. You've woken up, hopefully before sunrise, and you've had a bowel movement, maybe had one to two glasses of warm water before that. Brush your teeth, tongue scraping, using oil pulling or gargling, face cleansing, meditation if you're practicing, eye exercises primarily for pitta, and then a physical exercise. Abhyanga either before or after exercise, and then showering or bathing. As far as the eating routine goes, Ayurveda stresses that breakfast should occur between 7 to 7.30 a.m. Because this gives you a chance to do all that other routines that we mentioned or I mentioned and allows you to get your exercise into before eating. Lunch should be taken during that high phase of digestive fire. Remember, that's between right at noon, and but can be between 11 and 1 p.m., 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. And dinner should occur right around the time of sunset, ideally just before sunset, um, giving yourself a few hours before you go to sleep. And this will all be dependent on the season, but approximately 6 to 7.30 p.m. And the importance of time of eating is paramount in Ayurveda. And it's for this reason. When the body gets a steady rhythm of food coming in, it begins to trust that food will be available at regular intervals. It can trust the food's going to come to the body. So the body becomes more efficient and less storage of fat is also needed. Sometimes a person will skip breakfast or eat much later because, well, they don't feel hungry. But when we follow a regular eating schedule, we begin to feel hungry at those specific times. 7 to 7.30 breakfast, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. lunch, and about 6 to 7.30 dinner. And this creates a balanced digestive system. One that has regular absorption and regular elimination. So when we eat is more important than what we eat. Amazingly. So after your morning routine, you begin your work day. And as I mentioned before, 
The morning is the best part of the day for physical work, so before 10 a.m. And the afternoon, after 1, 2, 3 p.m., is best for planning, having meetings, doing any type of accounting, or any creative work. And while we're on the subject, there are certain professions or skills that relate to specific dosha energies. If you are vata predominant, then sales, marketing, acting, dancing, teaching, writing, photography, and design in general are more in your energy field. You like to travel and you don't plan, but you go for spur of the moment activities. For pittas, management, finance, politics, or professions such as medicine and law are more in tune with that pitta energy. Pittas are list makers. They're very organized and really enjoy winning. And kapha, predominant individuals, tend to lean towards careers that pertain to building, teaching, counseling, and other caregiving professions. They like nature, and they don't mind relying on others to plan their schedules. So after our work day is winding down, it's time for rest. And in episode number nine, I talked in detail about the concept of sleep and the amount, time frame, quality, and preparation we need for balanced sleep. So tune into episode number nine for that important information. One thing that I haven't addressed is the importance of sleep position in promoting a good night's sleep. And while this isn't really a routine, it could be a nice habit to adopt to calm yourself and aid your digestion before sleeping. So this is the recommendation. As you're laying down at night, start on your back. Take about eight normal breaths here and then roll onto your right side and take 16 breaths here and then finally move to your left side for 32 breaths so it doubles each time 8 16 32 hopefully before you even get to 32 you'll be peacefully sleeping so i want to give you some things to improve your sleep and your overall health, Um, some weekly routines that Ayurveda suggests, which are specific to the care of the ears and the nose. So once a week, to assist in calming the mind and achieving a more balanced sleep, you can apply oil to the inside of the nostrils. This is called nasya in Sanskrit, N-A-S-Y-A. And once a week, or, or more often if you like, take a drop of the warm sesame oil or ghee is sometimes recommended which is clarified butter and that's a very Ayurvedic um, oil that we'll talk about later and you want to gently apply it to the inside of the nostrils and the warmth of the oil will and the oil itself will sharpen the senses it'll help with mild anxiety mild depression and mild sleep issues because it tends to soothe the senses 
And I recommend starting it once weekly to see how you feel with this routine. In spring, fall, and winter, you can do it daily, but it may be too heating for daily use in the summer months. And if you have the Vata predominant tendency, you can do this at night. Um, Kapha, it's best in the morning, and Pitta, it's good for the afternoon. And the same process can be used for the ears. Um, generally, warm sesame seed is also used for this. Um, this routine for the ears, oil in the ears, can improve hearing. Uh, it's known as preventive, preventative for tinnitus or ringing in the ears. And it can help loosen earwax. And it also prevents neck stiffness. There are also Ayurvedic routines that are specific for each season. As we discussed last week, the seasons are energetically connected to the doshas. With the kapha quality connected to spring, pitta to summer, and vada to fall and early winter. So here are a few recommendations for general routines during each season. And these can help balance our health and prevent us from moving into that excess, having too much dosha energy accumulating. But all of these suggestions, again, will depend on your innate constitution. In the springtime, or the kapha season, in general, we want to stay more stimulated and incorporate more energizing practices into our routines. For me and my yoga practice, my asana practice, this is when I incorporate more sun salutations. And I tend to work more with my breathing practices also in the springtime. If you enjoy massage, you can use oils that have more heat in this time of year, such as the mustard oil we talked about. And you can also go for a spring cleanse during this time to remove the blockages we talked about that are associated with the melting of the snows and the kapha energy that can accumulate during this season. You can also drink more spicy teas during the spring, such as ginger, clove, and cinnamon. In general, we should look to counteract the spring qualities that are cool, moist, and heavy during this time. More spices in general and less cold drinks and definitely no ice nice drinks and try to dress in warm bright colors like yellow gold and orange to balance the springtime in summertime or pitta season we just need to stay cool cool but again not iced drinks and fruits are refreshing if they're cool and sweet um, it's recommended that you stay away from alcohol and spicy foods during the summer months, especially if you're prone to aggravation and irritation. Massages can be nice with either coconut or sunflower oil in the morning, but avoid any strenuous activities around the noon hour. It's recommended that you dress in cotton or silk clothing so the skin can breathe and go for nice colors, soothing ones such as white or pastels that are in the blue and green categories. And of course, be sure to protect your skin and your head and your eyes 
with protective gear and clothing during the summer. A good tip is if you're in the sun, you can try soaking cotton balls in cucumber juice or even coconut milk to place on your eyes. And this is a nice cooling remedy for the heat of the sun. Swimming, of course, and walking on cool green grass is also soothing. And an afternoon nap can be okay after lunch when it's the middle of the summer. For yoga postures, I recommend those that target the digestive system or abdominal area, such as twists, uh, navasana or boat pose, or any mild backbend, such as cobra or even cat-cow pose. And the breath practice called sitali, S-I-T-A-L-I, is also very effective because it's cooling. Uh, But in future episodes, we'll discuss more in detail about the breathing practices, and we'll include sitali in that. And now we come to the fall and winter months when the Vata energy is literally flying. We want to counteract this cold, dry, windy, and airy energy by taking in warm, moist, and heavy foods. So stick with warm drinks and avoid raw food at all costs. It's more difficult to digest. And it's suggested that if more disturbing weather is predicted for the day, and it's a wintry, windy day approaching, that you should wake a little bit earlier so that you can experience when it's the calmest atmosphere of the day. That usually happens before the sun rises rather than getting out and doing anything in the middle of the day. And if you're prone to dry, cracking skin, you can use warm sesame seed oil, as I mentioned earlier, to keep the moisture Another good tip is to try to avoid loud noises, traveling, and big crowds if you can during this winter season, fall and winter season. And the daily yoga postures that I try to incorporate into my winter season are forward bends and restorative poses, using lots of supports and blankets during this time because it's very calming and grounding for this Vata energy which desperately needs warmth. So be sure also to dress in layers, right? So that you stay warm and you can dress in the colors of red, orange, and yellow to bring even more heat to the body. There are so many great suggestions here for honoring yourself by incorporating specific routines for the body and mind. And once you get going, you'll surely see the benefits and you'll want to keep building your ideal regimen. But I have a final word of caution. Go slowly. The list that I've given you may seem exciting to try at first, but getting up at 5 or 6 a.m. and spending an hour each day doing all these practices needs time to develop. I would suggest start with one or two new items that you don't already have in your routine and incorporate those for about a month or so before you add more routines into your schedule. Because gradual introduction is the key to success.
before we wrap up today, I would like to reiterate that because we vary so much from person to person, we need to consider our unique tendencies and the state of our health that's unique to us when we establish a daily routine. The practice tips that I've given you today are general ones, albeit they are suggestive for specific doshas and energy states. But in order to get the best recommendations for balancing your specific body, mind, and spirit, it's important that you have personalized guidance. If you're interested in seeking individual counsel, I'd be happy to work with you one-on-one to determine your particular tendencies and discover the practices that would best suit you. You can reach out to me with the email I've included in the show notes and set up a personal guidance plan if you wish. Until we connect again, hold fast to your health journey. May you find peace, happiness, and wholeness in it. Namaste, my friends.